Cowboy. Cowboy. Texas Rangers have finally won the World Series after beating the Arizona Diamondbacks 4-1, going into Arizona, going into the desert, and taking both games. Did we get the classic series we wanted? Maybe not. Were the ratings what people wanted? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, who cares? Because the Texas Rangers, for the first time, are the last team standing. Clearly inspired by Creed, this team is a team that everybody within this sport could take close attention to. Why? Simple reason. I'll explain that in just a second. But let's not waste any time and let's talk baseball. Wherever you may be listening, this is Let's Talk Baseball, and I'm your host, Tom Skulls, and the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. Not world champions, the World Series champions. There's a distinct difference. Corey Seager is the World Series MVP for the second time, becoming only the second player to ever win the World Series MVP with two different teams. Maybe we've got a new Mr. October. Because he equaled the original Mr. October's record, Reggie Jackson, with the A's and the Yankees. Corey Seager's done it with the Dodgers, and now he's done it with the Texas Rangers. Marcus Simeon, a guy who was on the A's for probably far too long, who is on a lot of money, who is a big money acquisition. He hit huge home runs right when they mattered. Huge integral part to this win, to this series. Bruce Bochy. The manager has become a four-time, 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 four-time World Series champion. And let's be honest, everybody would want their team to build a team the way the Texas Rangers have built their team. Why? Here's why. Okay? They have spent the money when needed. And what I mean is they have... Invested in players when is necessary. They went out and they bought Corey Seager. They went out and they spent on Marcus Simeon. They went out and they got Jacob deGrom. They went out and they traded for Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer was... is he a Non-factor might be too harsh a way of putting it. Jacob deGrom has been out with an injury. They didn't let it affect them the way that other teams might have let it, let, let it affect them. Corey Seager, what an acquisition that's proved to be. Marcus Simeon, another acquisition that has proven to be fantastic. Another deadline day 
trade that they made was bringing in Jordan Montgomery from the St. Louis Cardinals. He has proven in his starts in this game, in this series, in the championship series, that he is a fantastic pitcher. He is a playoff pitcher, regardless of what other some what some other GMs might suggest. But at the end of the day, the reason why this success is ultimately good for the sport is one, a team that is relatively unfashionable, that isn't always, you know, competing, has won their first title. Number two, they have done it with a mix of both strategies that some people can't seem to really figure out how they want to do it with. Do you want to rebuild with just young players or do you want to spend loads and risk it all with big money free agent signings? Well, what the Texas Rangers did was they did both. They mixed them both up. Evan Carter, Jonah Heim, Josh Young, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Max Scherzer. I know he was a trade, but he's still a big, big, big money acquisition. Jacob Grom. These are there's there's a, there's a lot of money on the table here, but they've infused them very well with the young talent they already had in the organization, and it has proven to be a key to success. This isn't simply a case of spending loads of money and hoping things go well, like what the New York Mets have done. What the New York Mets did was just spend loads of money in loads of different areas and try to figure out post spending. What the Texas Rangers have done is they have taken a a little pinch from one side and a little pinch from the other, and they have made it a fantastic blend of now World Series champions. And this is the key part of it for me. It is a strategy that has now been proven to work. If you spend money on the right players, and if you... You don't have when you when you lose hundred plus games in the season like they did. You don't have to rebuild for the next three to four years. You don't have to be terrible on purpose. You can. I'm not saying it's a quick fix, but there's ways around a full out rebuild. There's going to be a lot of fans of other teams now looking at the Texas Rangers' way of developing their players and way they build their teams, and looking at their own ownership model and kind of saying, "Well, if they can do it, why can't you?" I'm looking at the Baltimore Orioles, who've got a lot of money that's going to come on with a lot of players soon. Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson. I know they've only just come into the league, but there's going to come a point in time where they're going to spend a lot of money on them. There's no excuse now. There's no excuse to not spend the money. Why? Because the Texas Rangers spent money and developed their young talent. And look what happened. They are world series champions. I'm looking at the New York Yankees, my New York Yankees. They have spent a lot of money, a lot of money on Aaron Judge's extension, on Carlos Radon's free agency signings, on Giancarlo Stanton's trade with the Marlins, on Garrett Cole. They have spent money in a lot of places, but ultimately they have failed in the prospect department. Their young prospects in the past couple of years that have come through have been Anthony Volpe, who I'm a fan of, but he's a shruggy shoulders kind of guy. Gleyber Torres has had a really good season, but he was acquired in a trade for a Rolders Chapman, who ironically is now a World Series champion. When he came in, when he came in off the ballpen in seventh last night, I remember watching that and having 
just the absolute sweat thinking this might be yeah, we've seen this situation before. It's a high leverage game, a high leverage situation. Room for error is minimal at best. And he got through it really well. He did really well in that situation. Fair, all credit in the world to him. But it didn't stop me thinking back to Houston in, the, in their ALCS games. But he's now a World Series champion. What the Texas Rangers have done ultimately will be good for baseball. I truly believe that. I'm not just saying that because they're World Series champions and you know you can you can sit there now and go, well it's easy to say it's good for baseball when this strategy works and you're and you're talking about this strategy post victory. Even if they hadn't have gone the whole way. Even if they hadn't have gone the whole way and fallen short to the Astros or fallen short to the Diamondbacks, it still would have been a success. It still would have been a success simply because of the way they have done it. Yes, they fell short, and that might be a different way of doing it, but they identified a manager they wanted who has a proven track record of winning, but also had the hunger and desire to want to come back and develop a new team to win. (coughs) They acquired players who want to win. They acquired a Guy in Corey Seager, who has the winning mentality, he's been there done, and done that before, and he's just done it again. You know, they've Max Scherzer is another guy who's been there and done it. On the field, he was relatively relatively ineffective, but at the end of the day, we don't know what goes on off the field. We don't know the level of influence he has in the dressing room with the younger players, with getting people through certain situations. We don't know any of this because we don't, we're not privy to that information. I think ultimately, ultimately at the end of the day, we're gonna we're gonna look back on this win, and I think there's gonna be a lot of other teams that will look back on this on this Texas Rangers win, and they'll look they'll look to follow that model of it's okay to spend money, you don't have to be cheap, you know, you don't have to keep the the money to yourself. You can go out and spend. And I think that's vitally important because not only does it keep fans engaged and it makes you think that you're trying your hardest to win, but it also gives you the best opportunity to win. Because let's be honest, they capitalised at the right moment. They realised that they had had a bad season two or three years ago. They went out and spent money and now look at where they are. I think it's admirable what they've done. And again, it isn't a Mets-Padres kind of situation where they've just spent loads of money on Manny Machado, on Sander Bogarts, to name just two. They've spent wisely, they have developed wisely, and they have picked positions where they can get the most out of them. I think it's admirable. I really do think it is admirable. I think, you know, Bruce Bochy is another guy who I'm going to have to get there. I'm going to have to get up his the list of managers he now joins on here because I think, excuse me, I think it's incredible what the level of achievement he's just done. He's he's accomplished here. He's a four-time World Series winner with the San Francisco Giants and the Texas Rangers. And he is on a list with Joe Torre, 
he he's tied with Joe Torre as four with four titles and Walter Alston with four titles. Connie Mack has five. Casey Stengel and Joe McCarthy has seven. What I find most interesting about this stat is that he has done it in an era. You look at the other names on that list. Other than Joe Torre, who was managing the, the, the that that Yankees team, the the core four Yankees team of the early of the late nineties, early two thousands, all of these guys are from nearly a hundred years ago. You know, they're before England won the World Cup in nineteen sixty six. That's the level of that's the level he is at now. I think that also goes to show the ruthlessness and the competitiveness of the sport where you look at football in the Premier League and the amount of managers that have won you know, multiple versions of a trophy. You know, Zinedine Zidane has three European Cups, I believe it is. Carlo Ancelotti has three with two teams. Pep Guardiola has three with two. Sir Alex Ferguson has two. There's a lot of people that have multiple titles, but they are all within the same era. You know, they all came up against each other. I think what Bochy has done is shown that he is a all-time elite-level manager. And I have nothing but respect and admiration for him because he managed the Giants teams in the in the early not twenty tens, I believe it was. I believe that's what you call it now. And they're the closest thing. Them and Houston are the closest thing. I know we touched upon this on the last one. Them and Houston are the closest teams we've had to a dynasty for a long time. And he is a huge reason for that. You know, if you were to win a title with one manager and then win a nut title with another, kind of like what's happened in Houston, it's the organisation that takes the credit. You know, AJ Hinch won it in 2017 and then Dusty Baker won it last season. So you look at it and go, that organisation is strong enough regardless of who's in charge. Well, not regardless of who's in charge, but as long as you're a top-level manager, you can coach teams or you can coach a strong stable organization to do a world series title but then you look at bruce bochi and you look at what he's done and it's i wouldn't say it's the opposite but it's it's not it's not the same you know it's um he's gone from one team won it three times left the game for a bit he was trying to get france qualified for the world uh, world baseball classic and then he had that itch again he had the itch of wanting to be in the dugout again, and he was just waiting for the opportunity. And credit to the Texas Rangers for not, you know, getting some bench manager from wherever who is a is an, an analytics kind of manager. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you have an analytics manager or Bruce Bochy, you know exactly who you're going to go for because Bochy, you know, I, I know a lot of people have spoken about this. He might be an older school manager, and he might be an elderly manager in comparison to a lot of others in the league. That doesn't mean he's not adept with analytics. The guy is clearly very good at mixing the two of the gut of baseball and the analytic side of baseball together. It's it's admirable. 
I keep saying it's admirable, but the overwhelming feeling I have towards this team, the overwhelming feeling I have towards the Texas Rangers is you've just got to sit back and admire what they've done and how they've managed to do their rebuild, if so called rebuild, and how they've managed to win this title because it isn't a conventional way of how you would imagine Houston to do it, where they would, you know, in 2017, they went through, they were feeling the peak of that rebuild picks and international free agent signings and everything along those lines. It was, it was a different kind. They made trades and they made deals to take them over the edge, but it was a long-term you know, we're going to do it without thinking about picks. We're not going to do it without thinking about international free agent signings. Adolis Garcia is the kind of guy that kind of sums up this Rangers team for me in the sense of he was written off. You know, he was he was at the Cardinals and they did nothing with him. He was at the Rangers and they, they did nothing with him. They put him on waivers and none of the other teams picked him up. So they the Rangers took him back. And he just worked, and he just worked, and he just worked, and he was exemplary in this postseason. Not just the World Series, not just the Championship Series, but the entire run. The guy was on fire. He was so fun to watch. He became the pantomime villain for a lot of the other teams, which I think is always needed in games like this. You know, he's... When when the Houston fans were starting to hate on him, is when he kind of he kind of came into his own, and I think he had that moment where he hit that he hit the I think it ended up being a double at minute made, and he kind of hit it, stood and admired it, and he didn't he didn't run as much as he probably should have, and a lot of older older heads would have been like, I can't believe he's done this, I can't believe this has happened, blah blah blah, all of that kind of thing, but. From that moment, from the moment he stopped and stared and admired that long double, is when a flick kind of switched. And he became a different beast. He became a different player. He became the kind of player that you just avoided. You didn't want to hit to him. And that was another thing good about this lineup for the Rangers, where they became a team that you didn't want to pitch to. And there were certain players that you you don't want to pitch to. Corey Seager when he's on top form. Marcus Simeon showed what he can do when he's on fire. And as Dolores Garcia, they were lucky he was out of game five because, my God, he, he was so good. So, so good. But whilst I'm, this is something I'm going to talk about and I've been feeling quite strongly about this, to be honest. And it's really annoyed me in the past couple of days. Whilst I'm sat here loving this series, loving the Rangers and loving what they've done, there are people out there that, that there are people out there that don't love it. There are people out there that are watching this game. There are people that are watching this World Series or have watched this World Series and are focusing just solely on the TV ratings just the TV ratings. And you know what I say to that? Who cares? Who cares about the TV ratings when you're a fan? When you're a fan, the only thing that matters is what's happening on the field. Maybe a bit of drama off it, but ultimately the game is all that matters. Yes, it might be the lowest watched World Series in a, I think since they started 
recording the ratings. But let's let's just call it what it is. Okay. There are a lot of people out there that will only watch sporting events if they're familiar with the teams and the players that are involved. I watch the event because I'm a baseball fan. I watch the event because I'm a baseball fan and because I'm understanding of the two situations the teams found themselves in to be in the World Series. I watched it because I'm a fan. I watched it because I understood the the story, so to speak, heading into the, the World Series. But I also was familiar with the players. I knew there were players on both teams that could cause trouble. And ultimately, what this comes down to is a lack of marketing and a lack of advertising from Major League Baseball to get people to understand that there are other players outside of Los Angeles, outside of Boston, outside of New York, outside of Houston, that are really, really good. It's wound me up non-stop the amount of people that are kind of going, ha, ha, told you so, told you so, the, the ratings are terrible because they're two teams. Who'd want to watch that? Fans want to watch that. Yeah, the, the series itself might not be a classic. Yeah, Arizona might have been pathetic in a multitude of ways across the series. But at the end of the day, this is what happens when you have teams who maybe aren't as stacked as other teams. And what I mean is when the when the Diamondbacks went to a bullpen game in the series, a lot of people lost their minds. You can't be experimenting in a World Series. You can't be doing a bullpen game in the World Series. Let's just be honest, okay? The Arizona Diamondbacks pitching staff is not is not top form. It's not amazing. Yeah, with all due respect to the Diamondbacks, with all due respect to their players, it's just not. You're going to lose a pitching battle in that situation. So what they did was they tried their best to play to their strengths. It didn't work. But they tried. Ultimately, this is what happens when a wildcard team who has 80-odd wins in a season gets into the World Series. There's a reason they only had 80-odd wins, because they weren't as consistent throughout the series as other teams were. If you'd have had the Phillies going in there, you would have had a more level pitching battle between them and the Rangers. But at the end of the day, they lost the game in the championship series and they weren't there so the Diamondbacks earned the right to be there before this series how many people were aware of Adolis Garcia's story I'm willing to bet 90% of people weren't there's a lot going on with Marcus Simeon the story he's had in his career has that been told not really no Corey Seager probably would win the American League MVP if it wasn't for the alien that was Shohei Atani. He's just won his second World Series MVP. He's the new Mr. October. Did anybody know what his season was like in general, heading into the playoffs? I don't think so. That's the fault of Major League Baseball. Ultimately, the reason why the ratings are so poor is because people didn't know about the teams. And what I mean is, baseball fans will watch the series regardless. I will watch that series. I will watch the World Series regardless who is in it. I have. I'm buzzing to be getting some sleep now. You know? But ultimately, the reason why people want to watch Cubs Cleveland from 2016 is because they understood the story heading into it. 
Yes, there are a lot of Cubs fans. Of course, it's a huge team, very well supported. But the story heading into that game was the best, an absolutely amazing narrative that they played into. It's the first World Series since 2017, or since 2016, rather. It's the first World Series since 2016. They didn't have the Houston Astros or the Los Angeles Dodgers in there. Two huge teams, huge fan bases, postseason history, tension between the two, superstars across the board who are marketed and put out on billboards, on front covers of whatever you can put front covers on now. They are marketed well. People know who Aaron Judge is because he plays in New York. If he played for the Texas Rangers, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't know. And I think that is part of the problem that the league has. We don't care about ratings because it's 2023. There are many, many ways to watch sport now. Some legally, some not so. But at the end of the day, the ratings are not as relevant now as they were 20, 30 years ago because there are more than one ways to watch the game. The bigger issue is with the marketing of the league. There are stars upon stars upon stars in the NFL, in the NBA. There are stars upon stars upon stars in Major League Baseball. The difference between those two leagues and the Major League Baseball is those two leagues can market them. The NFL makes you think team a lot of teams can win Super Bowl because a lot of teams can, because a lot of teams have star players, and they let you know about it. The Chiefs have star players. The Eagles have star players. The 49ers have, are stacked, and they let people know about it. The marketing of that league is second to none, maybe even in the world ahead of the Premier League. The National Basketball Association, the NBA, is the exact same. There's stars on a lot of teams and they let you know. Major League Baseball, eh, they'll get round to it. They'll market them when they do well, when they're in big situations and they can't avoid but market them. But ultimately, you've got to play in a big, big market to really get their attention. This is what happens when you have a guy running the league that doesn't care about the league, really. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the, of the MLB, of the Major League Baseball, once described the World Series trophies as a piece of metal. He failed to really understand the gravitas of the 2017 Houston Astros sign-stealing uh, scandal, and the players were let off scot-free. And really, the organisation was as well, because they haven't suffered because of it. If anything, they've grown a resilience because of it. The guy doesn't know how to run a bath. If he was on a boat in the middle of the ocean and he fell out of the boat, he wouldn't hit water. He doesn't even care for his own sport. If you were to have somebody in that position who cares about the sport, who wants to market the sport, and actually wants the best for the sport, then we might have had more people wanting to watch this series. Baseball fans will want to watch the series because they're baseball fans. But I guarantee... Heading into the 8th inning and heading into the ninth inning, there would have been a lot of people going away. Because they're done. Because they don't have anything to care for. 
But you've got to make them care. You've got to give them reason to want to watch these games. And there are reasons to watch these games. Trust me, I've watched them. There are reasons, there are stories, there are players to piggyback off of, to build a narrative around. Yes, he wasn't playing, but Adolis Garcia's story is fully inspirational. Corey Seager made history. Would have won an American League MVP if it wasn't for Shai Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer were on the Mets. They're now world champions. Texas has two, count them, two world champions now. There's a lot to love about this league. There's a lot to love about these teams and these players. We've just got to hope the league feels that as well. It's not hard to market these guys. Really, really is not hard to market them. Why is it not hard to market them? Because they're talented. They have charisma. They want to be marketed well. They want to be given the attention. They're on astronomical amounts of money. You saw how invested people were in the Phillies because of people like Bryce Harper. Yes, not everybody's a Bryce Harper, both in character, personality and ability. But you can make people similar. Every team has superstars. But ultimately, to be made aware of these superstars, the league themselves have to care. The ownership has to care. The management have to care. The management have to care and not just be like, oh, well, you know, we've lost 100 games this season, so we're going we're gonna to tank now. We're in tank mode. It's disgraceful behaviour. Why is it disgraceful, disgraceful behaviour? Because the Texas Rangers have just proved all of them wrong. Rob Manfred, he's going to be around for a while because they're making money. Attendances are up. There's more interest. In, this is one of the best seasons I can remember for a long, long time. The postseason, hit and miss. Good moments, good the championship series was good, Braves Phillies was good, um Astros Rangers was fantastic. But ultimately the season as a whole was superb to watch. It was thrilling. There was a lot heading into it. There was a lot of new teams developing into it, and it was palmed off. A lot of the new teams were palmed off because the traditionals were not performing well. And that's on them. But at the end of the day, the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. We're now heading into the off-season. There's going to be trades aplenty. There's going to be free agency coming up. There's going to be players on the move. There's one guy in particular. I don't... I thought I knew where he was going. I was sure he, where he was going. Now, he's suffered an injury. Half of his game's gone. I don't know where he's going. Where does Shohei go? What happens to the Padres? Do they blow it up? Where does Juan Soto go? Cody Bellinger's on the market. How do the Red Sox react? How do the Yankees react to a poor season? What do the Padres do? What do the Mets do? Two big spenders. How do the Rangers go about retaining their title if they want to? Are the Astros rebuilding? Not rebuilding. Are the Astros... Is this core done? I don't think so. But at the end of the day, there's a lot to look forward to this off-season. Thank you for listening along. This isn't the last episode of the, of the season. There will be off-season episodes. 
but I appreciate anybody who's ever listened to this and I appreciate anybody who's watched any of the clips on social media we're going to have another one from this show it's difficult to be able to balance both work and this from a social point of view seeing as I'm essentially doing my own job with this show now but it's fun thank you for anybody that has listened across the season thank you you to anybody that has interacted with the show on Twitter reviewed the TikToks anything along those lines I'm grateful for that it's been so much fun the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions we've got a big off season coming and you know what there's only one way to play out we've done it before but it's such a good song let's do it again can you take me higher to a place where blind men see this has been Let's Talk Baseball thank you for listening we'll be back with some trade discussions not too far from in the future thank you for listening and have a good day Yeah.